The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane. You know, forming and training the next crop of pastors will be a task of equipping people with biblical tools so that they can communicate the unchanging Bible to citizens of a rapidly changing world. Perhaps leading that charge will be the newly installed president of Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, Missouri, the Reverend Dr. Tom Egger. Welcome to the program, President Egger. Thank you for having me, John. Pleasure to be with you. As a, uh, a, a graduate of uh, Concordia St. Louis myself, I'm, I'm really happy to see that um, the seminary promoted from within, as it were, uh, issuing the call to you. Uh, how long have you been on the campus there at St. Louis? I have been here as a faculty member since 2005, so for 16 years, and before that, I was a product myself of this seminary. I studied here in the 1990s and um, stayed and did some extra graduate studies and then took my first call into the parish in the year 2000. So I've uh, I've spent uh, quite a number of years here on this campus. So how do you think your between the time you spent in the parish as a as a parish pastor and also your your tenure as a, a professor there, how do you think that has prepared you for this uh, very unique position that you have now? Yeah, that's a great question and uh, probably a hard answer to or a hard question to answer concisely because obviously there are so many dimensions of the work of an institution like Concordia Seminary, which which carries out the training of pastors and deaconesses and scholars and leaders for the church um, in numerous programs. But at its heart, the work of the seminary is to further the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation. And to have been um, a student here and to see the way that that preparation rooted in the gospel takes place, to have experienced that from the from that side of the desk, you might say, and then having been a parish pastor and seen the the beautiful ways that the gospel intersects with the lives of of people who every single one of them, but in varied ways, are in need of the comfort and the help that can come only through Jesus Christ. And then uh, to be back at the seminary for these last 16 years teaching has given me perspective uh, as a faculty member and um, as someone who's planning, uh, you know, planning lessons day after day and discussions about the shape of the curriculum, uh, serving for many years on the ministerial formation committee that dealt with um, just all kinds of unique special circumstances that would come up with individual students. All of those things, I think, give me a good, um, a good, well-rounded sense of of where the seminary has been and where the seminary um, needs to continue to be in terms of serving the church and serving Christ's lambs. So a little bird just told me that uh, you had a birthday recently. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank where you. I, where I'm going with that though is you are the first president I believe um who is a uh, generation X 
and uh, I'm I'm curious if that might indicate you know a subtle change in strategy. Well, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that every every generation brings its own unique stamp to life and an approach to life, including an approach to the life of the church. But I don't know that I would say that um, I don't know that I would say that my own sense of uh, who we are as the Lutheran Church and the the task of the hour for us in in this time is necessarily shaped by the generation that I come from. I've spent um, a lot of time with my parents and, and people my parents' age uh, while I was a parish pastor. And certainly appreciate and um, and embody in a lot of ways their perspective on things. And uh, my wife and I, uh, Tori, we have six children who range in age from uh, um, 26 down to a seventh grader. And so we are also immersed in their perspective on life. And uh, and of course, the students that come through my classroom represent an, an even younger perspective on things than my own. So I think I think in the church, um, uh, I think the the calling is to bring the gospel to all, and so we want to be attentive to um, new dimensions of um, how each generation approaches life and approaches um, their faith, but also I think to serve confidently with the uh, with the conviction that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that um, ultimately, at its core, in every generation, the heart of the church's task remains the same, which is to bear witness to Jesus Christ, to love and to serve others in his name, and to exhibit in word and deed um, the saving hope of, of Christ for, for sinners and the promise of everlasting life. Um, founded on the forgiveness of sins in his name. So I don't know that I would say that I have a distinctly generational approach to things. And in fact, perhaps that's one one subtle uh, difference in tendency from baby boomers to Gen Xers is I think baby boomers uh, uh, do tend to be a little more attuned to the distinctiveness of their own generation. You know, think of the music of the 1960s and things like that um, and, and the 1970s. And I think that, uh, I think that Gen Xers and Millennials, I think, um, they, they seek to hold together perhaps, uh, a little more the generations and, um, and to be, um, and are drawn to being a part of and drawn into something that is rooted and historical and, um, and has strong foundations rather than being marketed to, um, as, as a sort of a custom, a custom designed religion just for them. We're having a conversation with Reverend Dr. Tom Egger, the newly installed president at Concordia St. Louis, our seminary there. Um, I opened up the fact that we're going to be having a conversation today to our congregation yesterday. Um, and they had some questions for you, uh, Dr. Egger. One asked about retaining our young people after confirmation age. Um, and, and also, would you have specific encouragements to young people, students and their congregations looking to reach across generational boundaries and to uh, continually try to rejuvenate 
our congregations? Well, uh, the gospel is for all, and so it is certainly for the young. And I think um, as as we look at the at the progress of the church, especially in the West and in America, um, in the last generation, it can sometimes be disheartening to see younger people leaving the church. And our calling as Christians um, always remains the same, which is to pass on the faith to the next generation, to never take that for granted. Um, we have the warnings of history. Um, in the, I'm, I'm an Old Testament professor, and in the Old Testament, it seemed like the people of Israel um, – so quickly from generation to generation, they would oftentimes turn away from the Lord and from his strength and promises and word. And it usually came as a failure, uh, a failure to pass on the faith to the next generation, that a generation would arise which did not know the Lord and all that he had done for Israel. And so it's always our calling um, as as the adults in the church, as the older generation, first of all, to tell the stories of what God has done, um, to bear witness to our children and to the young people in the church of the gospel and the great deeds of God, but also beyond just telling, to witness with our own lives. And this will always be the most powerful thing for retaining young people in the church and for passing on the faith to the next generation the witness of the lives of the older generation. Um, children tend to grow up and walk in the paths of their parents. And though they may stray for a time, if parents prioritize in life and exhibit for their children a true dependence on Jesus Christ, a thirst for his mercy and forgiveness, a joy and dedication for being in the house of the Lord week after week, um, there is no substitute for that kind of uh, witness to prioritize the faith above other earthly concerns, other time commitments. Um, that is the most important way to continue to pass on the faith to the next generation. Tom, would, what would you like to say to someone who's thinking about studying to become a pastor? Well, there is no more beautiful work in the world. There is no more beautiful work than to share with people uh, in the joys and especially in the sorrows and the low times of life, the strong love of Jesus Christ and the promises of his word. And I would say to young people that if the gospel is sweet to you, if you yourself are someone who rejoices to have your pastor preaching to you about your Savior and you rejoice in his forgiveness and his his strong love for you in spite of all of your sins, then you really should think about the possibility of a vocation in church work. Um, you should at least entertain um, the thought that God may have given you the gifts to be someone who brings that life-giving word into the lives of others. When I thought about what to do with my own life as a young person, uh, finally, uh, it came down for me, it came down to the question, what's the most important thing that I could spend my life doing? And as Lutherans, we really affirm the value of all vocations, all God-pleasing vocations in life. A Christian pleases God and serves God in many different uh, lines of work, uh, many different ways of serving their neighbors. But there is nothing as beautiful, and, and I am so grateful for the opportunities that I have had and continue to have in life as an ordained pastor, 
so thankful for the way that God has placed me in people's lives at oftentimes really difficult moments uh, to bring his strength and his love to them. It is a privilege to deal with things uh, eternal and uh, to mm-hmm. be called to uh, something far greater than ourselves. I, I've got another question here. Uh, another member asked me this question. He, he said, over my 50-plus years of observing and interacting with Lutheran ministers, their preaching skills are outstanding, but pastoral interpersonal skills are somewhat lacking. And he went on to say, I've not asked them about, uh, or he, he said, I have asked them about the level of psychology classes in the curriculum and was told by one, uh, that he had a three-hour course. In your opinion, he asked, is this enough? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I would say that if the only attention that was given to um, the person of a pastor and a person's interpersonal uh, work and skills, if the only attention that was given to that during their time at seminary was one three-hour course, that would be severely lacking. Um, and it is true that within the MDiv curriculum here at Concordia Seminary, in terms of, uh, he mentioned psychology, in terms of required classes in pastoral counseling, we just have one one-semester class that's required of students. They can take additional electives in that area if they so choose. But there are many dimensions of our students' experience and our work with them here that really gives attention to um, to them as a person, including their interpersonal um, re- uh, relationships and dynamics with others. Um, for example, uh, each of our students is assigned to a field education congregation, and there they um, can witness and and uh, and evaluate and learn from the pastor, the field super field education supervising pastor and his inner relationships with his congregation. Hopefully um, they learn some good modeling um, from that relationship. But even even more profoundly, we have all of our students as a requirement of their path through the through the seminary, all of them uh, who are planning to be pastors or deaconesses spend a year long internship for pastors, this is called vicarage, and they actually serve alongside a supervising pastor in a congregation for a year. And the dynamics of their interaction with people in the congregation is something that is attended to, talked about, and um, and sometimes uh, sometimes concerns do arise and weaknesses do arise that uh, then we find creative ways to work with students to grow in and improve because certainly um, – to have a beautiful message to convey, but to convey it in an awkward or abrasive or an unloving way um, doesn't do justice to that beautiful message of the gospel. So we want to be sending out pastors who are deeply rooted in terms of the scriptures and the teachings of the church and who are apt to teach, uh, but also who go about that task of preaching and teaching and pastoral care with love and humility and friendliness so that they give a winsome witness to the gospel, so that they adorn that gospel with an appropriately um, kind and loving demeanor. Am I hearing you say that it would be a combination of learned skills and aptitudes and then also uh, spiritual gifts? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we shouldn't overlook also um, the role simply of 
the student's studies also as being formative. Um, like you say, this is not just a, a natural aptitude, but it's uh, th- these are the gifts of God and the working of God in the hearts of his people to shape them and form them in the pattern of Christ. And so um, to be learning from the scriptures, to be learning the teachings of the faith, um, it's not that theology is one thing and our shape as a person is another. As Lutherans, we believe that God's word, our theology, um, ultimately Christ and his word and his ways are what shape us most importantly and most deeply. And that's true for all Christians, but especially uh, for pastors. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, the Apostle Paul talks us about having these treasures in uh, broken earthen vessels. And, you know, when I think back, you know, into my class and, you know, what a collection of people with widely different personalities coming together yeah. um, to to be formed by uh, the, the seminary. And, um, you know, I, I, I also noted that we were trained to be generalists, and I, I think each one of us brought something different to the... Um, to the mix, um, what would you say about placement? Also, working with people to identify their their spiritual gifts or or their niche. Yeah, well, you're putting your finger on something that's that's um, really marvelous and beautiful. Uh, Paul talks about it in terms of the body of Christ having many different kinds of members, and that's true um, not just for congregations but also across the ministerium of the church, across the pastors and other church workers in the church, that there's just lots of different kinds of people that God calls uh, for this work. And praise be to God for the way that he and his wisdom makes such good use of uh, such a variety of of gifts. And I guess the one encouragement I would I would give you can hear my uh, clock here in my office chiming 12 noon in the background. <laughs> one uh, one encouragement I would give is uh, to simply trust that the Lord can make good use of a great variety of people. No one should be discouraged that they don't feel like they fit the mold of what in their mind is a pastor or a deaconess or a missionary. Um, God can make use of a great variety of kinds of persons, and he does. And I think every one of us who has studied for the ministry can relate to two two different kinds of experiences or thought processes. On the one hand, saying to, to saying to oneself, I don't know if I'm the kind of person who can do this very well. I I am not the kind of person that is going to be a perfect pastor. And also saying to oneself, as one sits in a classroom and lives life here at the seminary with his classmates, who are all these other guys and what in the world are they doing at the seminary? Uh, I think we could all, or at least with a, with a, a good handful of them, right? And then, and then you watch uh, the way that the years unfold, right. the way that God makes use of, of uh, brothers and sisters that you had studied with in the past, and you see their, their path in life and their fruitfulness, and you say, what a wonderful thing it is uh, that God, in his wisdom and omnipotence, can use even, like you said, broken pots like us for his glory. 
because it ultimately comes down to his word and his power, his saving power at work in the church. President Egger, I know you're just starting out uh, in this new position. I, I pray that you have a long and happy and healthy and productive uh, career there as, as president. At this early time, have you begun to think about what you'd like to accomplish over over your tenure there? Um, what are your hopes and dreams for the seminary? Yeah, well, that's a great question, and I, I have to say that uh, I am so new in this that I am still um, just getting started and will be getting started along with the Board of Regents and along with the faculty leadership, um, thinking through what, what strategically are our directions for the future. Um, you know, some some of the important priorities are obvious already. Recruitment, um, recruitment of future uh, church workers is going to be key. Um, looking ahead to a time of clergy shortage in the church, um, so that's going to have to be an important priority. Um, we also have uh, really an, an amazing array of different programs of ministerial formation and church worker formation here at the seminary. Um, and so we're still in the process of figuring out how to balance and juggle all of those best and make use of all of those in service to the church and, and fulfilling the needs of the church in efficient and responsible and sound ways. Um, so that'll be a big priority is um, c- continuously developing and streamlining and uh, and improving all of our programs. Um, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, the question always moving forward is, what are the needs of the hour to be open-eyed to the world around us and the church's historical moment, historical and cultural moment, but then also um, remaining tenaciously committed to to building on the foundation of Christ and his word. Um, We've seen so many church bodies around us. Uh, You can look across the landscape of seminaries in this country of other denominations or liberal arts colleges that were founded by different denominations and see how easily uh, or, or seemingly easily and quickly they can drift from their foundations and drift from their moorings. And even as we seek to address the needs of the day, um, it will always be our priority um, as a seminary of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, um, founded here by CFW Walther and the boys, uh, to continue to uh, continue to trumpet a clear message and a message that's full of Jesus Christ. Uh, that the theology of the church is always to be rooted in the scriptures in, conform- in conformity with our Lutheran confessions so that Christ receives full glory and salvation and we can bring full comfort to troubled sinners. Well, President Egger, our frequent prayer for the future that we'll be offering for you is that you will be successful in advancing Christ's kingdom here on earth and for eternity, always with our Lord's presence and help. How may our listeners contact you or the seminary? Well, uh, they're they're welcome to uh, they're welcome to email me directly uh, if they have comments or or suggestions, and I'm happy to funnel their concerns towards others or their um, or their offers of help towards others. Uh, my email is eggert at csl.edu, 
and I'd love to hear from people. Thank you for spending time with us today. Again, blessings on your ministry, and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. God's blessings. Thank you. Every 10 years, the village of Oberammergau, Germany, puts on a presentation of Jesus' life called The Passion Play. We hope you'll consider attending with your radio host, Pastor John and Kathy Kane, as we return to visit key locations such as Oberammergau and Wittenberg in Germany, and also sites in Austria. We'll visit the Mother Church of the Whole Reformation Movement. This Reformation Heritage Tour is professionally organized by EO Tours and will be held June 6th through 15th of 2022. For information, please email us at inquire at elmhouston.org. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. Or visit our website at elmhouston.org. Or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.